I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome to Fantasy Five Aside with me, Jim Campbell. Today, my guest is Jacob Hawley, a rising star on the UK stand-up circuit, host of the award-winning BBC sound show Jacob Hawley on drugs and one-time co-host of a certain Mike Porky Parry. Now, welcome, Jacob. Thanks, mate. How, how are, are you? you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm excited to learn about Mike Parry, actually. What <laughs> sort of, what, what was it like to, uh, to work with such a national figure? Yeah, figure's the word. He's a national I, I, figure, isn't he? I felt you veer towards treasure and then veer away from treasure. <laughs> yeah, it's like my vocabulary stepped in. It's like, no, that's not quite what you mean. That's not what he is. He, uh, I mean, he's a living, breathing meme. Do you know, do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah. Like to, the, the funny thing is, no one really understands what he... Like, so my uh, friends of mine who aren't from the UK, I try and explain what he is. Mm. It's very difficult. He's a man who went viral for eating raw cinnamon. Yes. Previous to that, he's had quite a strange, checkered broadcasting career. A big fallout with his former co-presenter. Former co-presenter, yeah. Um, and also, he's been present at some really strange times in history. So he was, uh, he was, he was the one who reported the death of Princess Diana. Really? Uh, he was the first person to put an arm around Eric Cantona after he drop-kicked that Crystal Palace fan. So he's like Forrest Gump. Yeah, yeah, in a yeah, way. yeah. Exactly, exactly. So just in case there is anybody that isn't aware of Mike Porky Parry, um, as Jacob's explained, he's a, a sort of veteran talk sport presenter, or certainly was, and he he went viral for, uh, as you say, spooning loads of cinnamon into his mouth, basically coughing it all up and saying, "I've passed the cinnamon challenge," even though he demonstrably hadn't. That's very yeah, much yeah. the point of the video. So yeah, very very strange British cult figure, and I'm delighted to get a little peek <laughs> into the curtain of of how he works. This is one of the fullest tablespoonfuls of cinnamon I've seen in the various challenges that I've seen recorded. 
Mine's going to be the best of all, and I bet you I won't even balk, OK? I won't even balk because I've been trained to take pain, OK? I've taken pain all my life. Here we go. I'm told there should be an explosive reaction that won't be from me. I'm going to count you down. Three, two, one. The sort of story behind that, I, I, I've just always found him quite funny. I used to mm. listen to the two mics on Talksport, and when they fell out, I found it hilarious. So, I, I was <laughs> step in. I so yeah, I was stepping, and also uh, at the time, this was sort of around the time that I was writing my last uh, sort of stand-up show, and within that, I've got a joke, sort of taking the mick out of. Uh, comedians who do tv shows with their parents where they go on a sort of travel log kind of thing Mm. i thought it'd be quite funny to do a kind of piss take of that where it'd just be me and porky (laughs) going to calais together and arguing about on a booze cruise yeah yeah yeah, exactly nice so i I just i I was just drunk one day and i just dm'd him and i was like do you want to do this emailed me straight away absolutely yes meet me at the (laughs) nags head pub in in central london tomorrow at 10 o'clock bring cinnamon We'll bring a producer. <laughs> That's what he said. Seriously. And so I did. I brought the producer of my podcast, he, a guy called Nick. He's never listened to talk sport in his life. He, he had no idea what I was talking about. I was like, trust me, this could be quite... And I'd written up a pitch mm. that night when I was pissed. I wrote up a pitch. So I showed Nick. I was like, look, I think this could be quite a good thing. He was like, all right. We went and met him the next morning, 10 o'clock. You know, he, he, uh, he said, come and do my podcast with me. So I said, as a sort of fan, I sort of went, all right. Yeah. And before you know it, he's calling me most days, sometimes at crazy times in the morning and the evening, singing to me down the phone. I I started this strange friendship with Porky Parry. Lasted, I don't know, what, six months, seven months? Went badly. Yeah, so as, as you might imagine. You, do, do you want to talk about how how that ended? I, mean, I, I don't mind. I mean, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know whether he will listen to this. I don't. Know. I mean, he, he but basically, I, I was doing. I said, this is probably quite boring for anyone. I, I, I was doing it all unpaid. Well, one day he was like, look, I want to do a live show at the Hen and Chickens Theatre in Islington. Mm. Uh, I was like, okay, that's on a Saturday night. That's kind of when I make my living. Yes. So, you know, you kind of need to... Also, a lot of the sort of back and forth I had with him on these podcasts was about the fact that he was a millionaire. Mm. But he, he sort of refused to pay me any money to do this live show. And I was like, well, I can't do it. And so he was like, well, that's the end of that. Yeah. And I just thought, all right. So, so I mean, that that was that was my sort of... It is kind of quite Forrest Gump, this, <laughs> the way it, it was just this weird episode in my life with this strange person that it's always, I've just listened to on the radio. So yeah, that that was uh, six months of that. I thought some of the stuff I made with him was quite funny. I thought some of the podcasts I managed to, he's a funny guy. He, he's kind of got that Carl Pilkinson thing where he's very aware of what's funny about himself. Yeah. He knows how to play the character of who he is. Do you know what I mean? I've given you a chance to air some dirty laundry there, sure. Jacob. Um, but sh- should, we, should we crack onto your team? Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's let's talk about this uh, this five side team of mine. Yeah. So who have you, who have you gone for in goal? <laughs> I should I should say I I I was very aware when uh, when putting this team together. Like I'm not I'm not Garth Crooks. Do you know what I mean? I'm not I'm not <laughs> I'm not here to put together this a team that's actually going to be great at football. I mean, even Garth Crooks struggles with that. I mean, quite yeah. Often. I mean, the, 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 well, I, I the, the formations he's come up with would would give Guardiola a headache. Like so, <laughs> some of the stuff he's put together over the years. My my goalkeeper is Wojciech Szczesny. Nice. Um, who who to be fair, 
is actually a genuinely brilliant goalkeeper. He is, and this sort of gets forgotten about him a lot, I think. Yeah. Possibly because he was at Arsenal at a period when they had a lot of sort of calamitous uh, situations. He's got sent off a few times here and there. He, the smoking thing. The smoking thing. And also he probably lost us a League Cup final. And against that. Birmingham in yeah. 2011, I think. That was awful. Yeah, well, it was, it was him and Koscielny. I mean, Koscielny was another one where really good footballer, very consistent you know, that strange thing where he managed to be a good defender in an Arsenal shirt. Yeah. But my, his most memorable moments were really big. High-profile calamities. Yeah, in, in big games. Um, but I, like, I've got a mate of mine who's Italian, massive Juventus fan, and he, he's like, Chesney's incredible. He's, he's like, he was like, we didn't think we'd find a keeper this good to follow Buffon. Mm. Like, Chesney's a great keeper, but he's also hilarious. Like yes. he he he's so funny the way he winds up Tottenham fans even now even yeah even now and I I love that I I like like Serge Gnabry is another good example of that someone someone who is was obviously a big part of that kind of like Wenger youth project of, of the noughties and just loves winding up Tottenham fans yes um Chesney Chesney breaks my heart a little bit because he was sort of like the naughty kid who, if he'd have been in a good school, would have done fine. <laughs> but because he was in what was at the time a school that Ofsted would have closed down <laughs> when thinking about the Arsenal team in the noughties, that, that's kind of why it went wrong. I mean, I mean, I say of the noughties, he was, he was, he was the teens, obviously. He was the teens, yeah. But he, he, I think he left in 2016. Um, we brought in Petr Cech. Uh, in my opinion, one of the worst goalkeepers of all time, Petr. I can't stand. Do you mean for an, in an Arsenal shirt in an Arsenal or just general? Yeah, in an Arsenal. That's, obviously, that's, obviously that's in a Chelsea big, shirt. Big talk. In a Chelsea shirt, he was obviously firing shots goalkeeper. all over the place. Mate, I, I've I've never I've never seen someone who seems to like the space between him and his near post seems to somehow get bigger every single game, <laughs> Petr. But um, but no, yeah, I I he was I loved Chesney. I absolutely adored Chesney. And you know, the, the Fabianski as well from that same era. Who is now like again one of the better performing Premier League goalkeepers? Mm. Well, this is the thing I think with the goalkeeper, isn't it? Whoever they are, I mean, David De Gea had this as well. It's the mistakes are amplified as a goalkeeper, and as a young player, they are just an an almost certainly inevitable part of your development. And if you if you if you're a big club when you're a young goalkeeper, it is it's just likely to happen, and that that reputation is quite hard to shake, isn't it? Mm, absolutely, but but but. It is a thing where you you have to go. That they are going to make those mistakes. Also, they should be worth loads of money. Mm. Like they they got how much did we sell Chesney for? Like what ten million? Some very Arsenal amount of money. It, it was it was a joke. And he, he's Juve's like first choice keeper. So yeah, I, I mean he he was one. His departure from Arsenal was one of those that really upset me. Um, I just I think he'd be a really good five a side keeper because I played five a side before and a big part of it, especially from a goalkeeper's point of view. Is being able to wind up the opposition. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like if you if you if you're a piss taker as a goalkeeper in five a side, it, it adds a complete extra level. Yeah, I mean that confidence as well. Given that the goal's pretty damn small, mm. if you've got a confident goalkeeper, it can rattle you a bit. And also, I I very rarely play five a side, but when I do, I play in goal. And if you get a couple of decent saves under your belt. You grow in confidence. It's like you physically grow and right. you start filling up that yeah. that goal. And I imagine Chesney does not lack for confidence, does no. he, shall we say, <laughs> uh, to start off with. So, yeah, I, I think one of the things I find so funny about him is, again, I guess it's that growing up in public thing, isn't it? Because the, the smoking thing, a lot was made of it. it was, Arsenal had lost 2-0 to Southampton. He was at fault for, if I remember rightly, arguably even both goals. And then he was caught smoking in the shower afterwards. As you say, he's like one of those naughty kids from school. Yeah. 
but he's somehow playing for Juventus now. But, but because he was genuinely really talented. But it, mm. it's, it's exactly as you say, he was doing all the things that like a young player should do. I think he, he's almost a bit of a throwback. Do you know what I mean? I think he's quite 90s in his attitude. Yes. You, you could imagine him being part of that sort of like Tony Adams, Paul Merson scene. Oh, do, very do you know what so. I mean? He's kind of, he's quite, like you could imagine him making like a really bad rap song in 1996. <laughs> yeah, do you know I missed I mean? that. Yeah, I did. Well, yeah. It, it, he's just a bit of a throwback. He, he's a genuinely good footballer and his personality, especially for a goalkeeper, there, there aren't many goalkeepers that are quite as fun as him. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I, 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 yeah, it's a very weird. serious role, isn't it? Yeah. You, you've got to sort of concentrate and keep your head on, but I suppose off the pitch, that uh, that doesn't necessarily count in the same way. I, do you remember when he got sent off uh, against Bayern Munich and he just made a wank away with yeah, the, yeah. the crowd? Like, yeah. Again, very 90s. Very 90s. So the game's quite sanitised now, isn't it? Yeah, game's exactly. gone. Game's gone. Yeah, Don't want to be one of those dickheads, <laughs> but you know what I mean? It's, it's yeah. a bit of an argument about that. So um, I'm, I've, I've gone ahead and made the assumption that you're not putting yourself in goal. No. So that brings us to where you're going to be on the pitch yourself. Mm. What, what type of player are you? And uh, what are you doing? Are you directing traffic? Are you, are you playing up front? Are you just happy to be there? Uh, yeah, I'm very much happy to be there. I, do you know what? Growing up, I was, I, was a, I was a decent enough footballer until about the age of 12 or 13, at what which happened? point I got this tool. You, a growth spurt <laughs> a growth set you spurt. back. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I I went I went from being sort of nippy and technical to being tall and lanky, and to this day, like my my brain can't quite keep up with what what my feet are doing. Right? Do you know what I mean? So I, you you feel like you're smaller than you are. Even yeah, now. yeah. Very, very. I I suspect if I was to get diagnosed, I might be dyspraxic or something like that. Do you mm. know, I just I just don't really have much control of these limbs. Yeah. Um. I feel exactly the same. Football's hard, isn't it? The ball does so not hard. do what your foot and tells you, it to. Yeah. And you know what? Like, I I often leave it big gaps between playing. Now, like I'll, I'll like not play for like a year or two. And then I'll play and I'll, I'll remember being as sort of in control of things as I was when I was like 12. Yeah. And then, the, the, you know, the ball just doesn't be where you want it to be. Do you know what I mean? Mm. It'll, it'll be behind your leg or, yeah. you know, someone will pass it to you and you go, oh, I'll just dribble with it. And you no, know, you won't. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's over there now. Completely. Because when you, when you daydream about playing football, you've got all the time in the world. Yeah. But the, the stress and the anxiety of players who actually play the game regularly bearing down on you when you've got the ball, it's, 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 it's hard. And, it, and it, it's, it's also like you, you, you very often forget that there is actually fitness involved. Like yes. I, I, you know, I, I actually dream about football at night. I always dream about playing football at night. It's, you know, great. I'm I'm not exhausted in the dreams. No. <laughs> and so are these. Po- I dream about playing football as well. I dream yeah. that I play for Arsenal. Yeah. But but it is literally as if I was playing for Arsenal now, and that I'm going to get found out. And oh, it's really? Actually, it's more of a nightmare. But so are, you, are yours more positive <laughs> no, than that? I, I dream of being competent. Right. <laughs> so I, I feel like somewhere in the middle of both of our dreams is Carl Jenkinson's reality. <laughs> Or certainly it was for a long time. But um Yeah, so if if I if I if I was to be out there, I was I mean when I did play I was always a I was a sort of cut in from the left right footer, whether that was mm. uh sort of right winger or sort of yeah, central midfielder. So that's where you would be in this that's team. That's where I'd be roughly. So there'd be uh, if it, I mean saying five aside, you know, I've always whenever I've played five aside, I've been sort of like a diamond or something. So yeah, on the left of a diamond, I suspect I would nice. be. So um, with that in mind, let's let's go for your first outfield player. Who have you got? Uh, who have you got? So the the first one I've got 
and I changed this up a few times. The, fir- the first one who I would have, and I'd say he would be, I'm going to change the formation actually, I'm going to go for two banks of two. So there'd be two of us playing deep, two of us playing up front. The one who I'd have next to me would be Matteo Genduzzi. Okay. That is a... That it's is a rogue a, choice. It is a rogue choice. I have to say, I think that in 15, 20 years' time, it might be a more common choice. Because, <laughs> because one of the maddest things about Genduzzi is, again, he's actually... He's very Chesney in a sense that he's insane. Yes. But sort of against all odds, he's actually a really good footballer. Well, it seems to be going that way. I'm going to um, interject at this point and make it clear to listeners that uh, Jacob has now used up all of his players from uh, from one team because uh, yeah. it's not just going to be an Arsenal loving as it threatens to be because for some reason all comedians support Arsenal. Um, really? Yeah, it, seems has... that, it seems that way. Just end, name one. Uh, well, I mean, now all I can think of are comedians that I know support Arsenal. Well, I was about to say Tom Lucy, but he <laughs> supports Arsenal, doesn't he? Well, I, but I don't know, but there you go. I mean, I feel actually this could be quite a dull feature can, if I just name comedians <laughs> or one of us does that. But So, yeah, back to Guendouzi. I think, yeah, there's a, there is an element of chaos to him that would probably suit five-a-side. There's an element of chaos. I mean, in terms of like how he actually plays football, he can kind of do everything. Like, he, he, he dribbles really well. He's, he's quite a good tackler. Uh, he, he can't... He's the only thing that I think where he might struggle with either side is he's not he hasn't got a great awareness. He needs a lot more time than most footballers do. He he always looks like he's like always a fraction of a second away from being he caught does. on the ball. Yeah, I don't know if that's the hair. See, I've wondered this before as well, yeah. and not just for him, for any player with a sort of a shock of big hair like that. Mm. Does the sort of wobble of the hair make you feel that they're indecisive? Because it makes it look like they're shaking their heads when yeah. actually it's it's just how hair works. I, I've got where where I, I I where I watch Arsenal, I've got uh, five black cab drivers who sit on the row in front of me. Right. So uh, this is in the stadium, in not the stadium, just in. Yeah, you don't in, just watch the games down room, a cab yeah, rank. Just, <laughs> <laughs> no, but they're, they're, and they 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 they're incredible. They they. I, I mean, I've, I've been going for two or three years now. I've I've not seen them enjoy it once. Uh, mm. It's it's very much that whole thing of oh, the game's awful nowadays. It's all you know, blah blah. They they a good example of this was Iwobi. Yes. Uh, they, they didn't really like him. I I, I always really liked Iwobi. They they didn't like him, but they they would call him Wibble Wobble because <laughs> his hair would go from side to side, and that, I think that made them think that he was going to fall over. Yeah, uh, just just because he's you know he had quite long hair, so it was sort of swaying when he would dribble. So they thought he was going to fall over. I often wonder with Genduzzi and and as you say with other players with really big hair, David Luiz as well. Mm. Is is there not a practical thing where someone like you think you think there's so much science applied to football now? Do you know what I mean? Carbon fiber boots, yeah. like you know, we, we we've got to make sure they don't stir their tea anti-clockwise three times and only clockwise twice because then that'll be <laughs> asymmetrical. And they they like the the amount of science applied to football. It does blow my mind that no one says. Oh, by the way, you've got loads of hair that's going to block your peripheral vision. Yeah, that is that is an interesting point. I've often often wondered that myself. There's surely also a sort of aerodynamism aspect to that as well. Yeah. If you are talking really, really marginal advantages, exactly. Yeah, but but no, but you, you hear you hear about as you say, like the the level of attention to details. Try and try and make. I because I did you ever used to have long hair? I did. Yeah, and and like you you'll know. Where I used to have quite long hair. I used to have it sort of curtains around my face, and I always used to think. Like there'd be a lot of times I just couldn't see. Yeah, you know, people could sneak up on me a lot easier. Like running around playing football is actually chaos, especially if you're going up yeah. for headers. Yeah, well, I mean, Genduzzi never does. That, and that's Maybe another. That's, why. that's another thing that would make him good at five sides. You're not allowed to kick it over your shoulder, right? So, mm. so that that's another thing. But I, yeah, I'd love to have him. I, I think he's genuinely quite a good player. Uh, I worry about his how much he can actually see, but 
he's such a dick. <laughs> like he's such a dick. He is a real wind-up merchant. He, isn't he? he he got he got yellow carded by Mike Dean for gesticulating sarcastically. Did you Which, see that? Yeah, I did. I Which mean, is... against Portsmouth in the cup, like amazing. As a what nineteen-year-old, twenty-year-old, yeah, that's, that is an impressive level of of you know what's become known as shithousery. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And but he, and he's also like he's he's definitely hilarious off the pitch. He's got a little brother. Who looks exactly the same as him? But that just hair go, as well. Yeah, hair as well. That just goes everywhere with him. That is, he's like he's got like a like little a sidekick. Yeah, he's got like a mini me that follows him everywhere. <laughs> and and also, I, I remember it was. I think it was the it was the summer that he joined, and he was like eighteen or nineteen when there was a scandal where all the Arsenal players went to like this London nightclub and they were all doing the the nos the balloons mm. the hippie crack as the yes. papers call it. Gendouzi was on the floor. <laughs> he, was, he was properly, you can oh, find the pictures. That hair on a, on a nightclub floor. Oh, it's grim. <laughs> it needs to be you lose half of it, that, get yeah. out. But no, yeah, I, 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 he's, he's, he, again, he's a good combination of like, he's hilarious. I think he'd be genuinely really good company. Mm. And I, he is a good footballer. Like, he is a genuinely really good footballer. Um, so yeah, I think he'd be great for five sides. Well, this is the danger, isn't it? <laughs> I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. We could call it Pete and Mark's Colossal Tussle. <laughs> but we didn't. We called it Wrestle Me. Wrestle Me, Mark. <laughs> Wrestle Me, Pete. <laughs> A celebration of all things WrestleMania and beyond. And you may be thinking, I'm not really into wrestling. Well, don't worry. There's something for everyone. To be honest, it's mainly about stuff like this. So hang on. Easy Lover was the original theme on WrestleMania. And, it was. And... Someone heard it on the radio and went, that sums up everything about <laughs> WrestleMania to me. <laughs> And this. You can really see the old back acne on test. Yeah. <laughs> and this. Is it worth reminding people of what earthquake John Tenter looked like at 23 years old? <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> and 
this. For the record, Marty has made it very clear, and I agree and believe him, that he has never, A, had sex with his daughter, or B, wanted to have sex with his daughter. And the people behind the face paint doing the most unique job in the entire world. Get it wherever you get your podcasts. That's Wrestle Me. Wrestle Me, Mark. Wrestle Me, Pete. So you've gone heavy on the dicks um, <laughs> so far. Uh, is this trend going to continue? Who, yeah, who, who knows? Should. Who have you got it next? Should. It should continue. I, I'll, tell, I'll tell you who I've got next. Well, actually, I don't know whether he is a dick. The one I've got next, uh, and this would be one of, one of the forward line, mm-hmm. uh, is Adrian Mutu. <laughs> Again, like the post-match drink. It's going to be raucous, isn't it? Very much what I'm thinking about with this. One. Right. So, th- is this what you've what you've brought to the table kind very deliberately? Of, you've yeah. kind of thought it's a game of five aside. It's it's meant to be a laugh. How am I going to maximise that laugh? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I'm I'm thinking as much about what's going to happen after after this as, as what's going to happen during the actual game itself. I mean, I, I there's a few things I like about Adrian Mutti. First of all, he was one of Chelsea's first like. Big money moves. He was, wasn't he? He was part of that initial Abramovich splurge where with, they with signed Ranieri, a lot of players with, very yeah, quickly. Yeah, yeah, with Ranieri in charge, where it was like, and you know, some of them it was like looking back, you go, well, that, that was kind of sensible. You know, yeah. Paolo Ferreira, uh, Ricardo Carvalho, mm. like players like that. You know, even like Iron Robin, you were like, okay, well, people have been talking about him for a long time. You know, there's kind of a reason why you'd buy that player yeah. and spend that amount of money. Adrian Mutu was like maybe like the third most expensive striker in the world at the time. Yes, he'd scored like eleven goals for Fiorentina. I think before. it was. I think it might have been Inter that he was. Oh, at was before it, he was moved, it Inter, but, but still, it, well, it raised some eyebrows. At the time, he, he'd, he'd had like an okay season in Serie A, and it's, he he was like one of the first like really big money flops. But then also, I mean, so I've, I've just I, as as you mentioned, I do that podcast about drugs, mm. um, and in, in the most recent episodes. We've been looking at sort of forms of drug use that you don't often think about. Uh, one of them was performance-enhancing drugs, um, and we got a guy called Ed Warner on, who used to who used to work for one of the sort of UK anti-doping federations, blah blah. blah. Um, we, we were sort of talking about you know doping in sport. We were talking about you know the, the lengths people go to to, uh, to to sort of cheat, and then I sort of said to him, I was like, oh, what about recreational drugs? And he was like, well, people don't really do that in really top-level sport. Because you know, why why would you? It doesn't give you an advantage. You've usually got enough things to 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 sort of you know enjoy yourself with with that huge amount of money. No, no one really does that. I said, well, what about Adrian Muti? You know, it's confirmed yeah. that he was using cocaine, and he said he was like. None of us ever knew why that happened. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, like a sort of legendary case. Yeah, it's like a proper. I mean, when else has it happened? Like, yeah, in, it's in, true, isn't it? You don't. I mean. The obvious, the, 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 the obvious World Cup legend here and there, one in particular stands out, of from, course. From the 90s. But, um, from the 90s. From the 80s and 90s. 80s and um, 90s, yeah. But, um, yeah, it, it, it's a particularly strange one, isn't it, that yeah. Mutu was, was busted for that as well, because he... He was fined 17 million euros for that, yeah. uh, or, or not not fined even. Like he basically Chelsea took him to court, and it, it was decreed that he had to pay them 17 million euros. And he, he's had a, he's had a lot of appeals kicked out about it. The most recent one was in 2018. So that implies that, I mean, obviously that's not the sort of money you just have sitting down the back of the sofa, is it? Even no. if you're a professional footballer. So that I mean, that's a hell of a lot of money to earn over a career. So I mean, it might have just completely. 
completely ruined him. Really. Who knows? Like, it's a, what an awful thing to have hanging over you. But it's, at the same not, time, yeah. why are you a footballer taking cocaine? It's, it's insane. insane. Yeah, it's properly insane. It is properly, properly, properly insane. And Although I suppose in five aside. You can get away with it. You probably can, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think the, the yeah. doping tests are a lot less stringent. Yeah, where, where I used to play in Mill Hill, there, there wasn't much of that. It was, uh, yeah, it was very much get on and play. But I, but he, he, he was quite a good player. He was he, a very good player. He, 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 I, I quite like that kind of striker. He was quite a sort of intelligent player. He wasn't the biggest, he wasn't the quickest, but he was good at finding space. He, mm. you know, Which is a crucial thing in five-a-side, isn't it? If you've got someone who knows how to use the very limited space you have, then you're at a big advantage. He, um, he was also... He also served a six-month ban for doping while at Fiorentina. So he did dabble in performance-enhancing drugs as well <laughs> when he already owed Chelsea 17 million euros. So I, I feel like... I don't know if you know much about Gigi Bacali, who is the guy that used to own Storia Bucharest, who is a terrible, terrible guy that does a lot of silly things. But his cousin, Victor Bacali, is actually, or certainly was, Mutu's agent. So I feel like... Reading contracts is maybe not something that Mutu did himself that often. <laughs> and we've seen it get him in trouble. But then yeah. I, again, that's probably fine for you, isn't it? That's, you just want him to be there to score some goals and be a laugh afterwards. Score some goals. And, and you know, also a lot, a lot of these, uh, you know, five sides that I've played in before, there has been cash prizes at the end. I'm, I'm not saying... <laughs> I'm not saying we could make Adrian back his, his 17 million pounds, but, but when he needs yeah, it, doesn't he? You know, if we, we, every little helps. Every little helps. You know, we can do a round robin at the end of the game and see if we can get some money to to help him pay back that money to Chelsea. Yeah. So. Do a whip round. Ancora Mutu, Mutu prova a calciare 2-0. Adrian Mutu ha raddoppiato per la Juventus. Gran gol di Mutu. Ha fatto tutto da solo e ha fatto bene Mutu. Primo gol europeo con la maglia della Juventus per l'ex attaccante del Parma e del Chelsea. Uh, so there is actually another defender that I'll go to first. Mm-hmm. Uh, John Terry. Again, heavy on the knobs. Yeah, like, yeah, really, yeah, yeah, so yeah. This yeah. Is, I feel like you're like... Like I feel like there's a time in life where I can imagine you all hanging around a park bench, like just in- <laughs> intimidating strangers when you're all teenagers. Well, I, was, I, was about, I was about to say that Sort of Adrian Mutu is the uh, is the exception to the knobs, but then it's, like, it's the cokehead yeah. <laughs> uh, with the worst agent in the world. But it, I mean, John Terry uh, again, he he only retired what three years ago, something like that, yeah. And yet, I, and yet, I can't imagine him existing in modern football. Do, do you know what I mean? Like, like. I think he's this kind of timeless player, isn't he? That's that's why because he was so he was so all action and so putting his head into places it shouldn't be, both on and off the pitch. Do you, do you know? But you know, what? He, he's he's another one where I, I mean, I, I don't like Chelsea. I really don't like Chelsea. I think there's so much to dislike about Chelsea as a mm-hmm. club. Uh, you know, I like. Every, every set of fans has as people who let them down. I, well, one thing I, let, I don't like about Chelsea is that they are in 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 English football anyway. They're kind of the first proper money club. Yeah, very much. So. You know, I mean, it, people talk about Man United being like that in the past, but it, it's very very different, isn't it? Because yeah. their money all came from their own kind of generation. You don't you don't want to say it's a meritocracy around United, but it, it's more so. Yes. You know, they were winning titles, then they found ways of generating money and yeah. blah 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 blah. But yeah, there, there's a lot I don't like about Chelsea. But he he was sort of one that I would look over. I had a couple of Chelsea players that I like. I really always liked Ida Gajonson. Mm. I don't, again, there's there's something a bit Burkham about Gajonson. But with Terry, it was 
like I hated how good he was as a yeah. defender. You couldn't deny what a, what no. a player he was. I think you have to separate a lot of the stories that that you hear about John Terry. Yeah. Um, some of which you know may or may not be true, um, and and the reputation that he had with with the player. Uh, if you truly want to kind of appreciate him on a five-a-side pitch, for example, because he was a he was a, a proper warrior, and yeah. he, he's the defender with the with the highest amount of goals in the Premier League history as there you well. Go. Forty-one, I mean, large, a lot of them headers. So I was that's about to say, yeah. to you, but <laughs> <laughs> well, you say that there was that. I remember there was a headed clearance he did for England where he he sort of headed. Was he on the floor? That he, sounds about he, right. He was like laying on the floor for for whatever reason. He managed to sort of like head the like use his face to head the ball whilst he was lying down. So he he's proved he can complete headers. When yeah. the ball's only about two, two, two feet off the floor, but he 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 was actually technically quite good as well. Yeah. My, uh, one of my best mates is a Chelsea fan. And he he would always remind me. He's like, no, you can actually spray pass. Yeah, he, well. his pass completion or his pass sort of accuracy was was legendarily high um, yeah. at one point. Yeah, again, long balls which are useless in front of the side. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, look, I I did largely put him in there because again, he's a bit of a dick, and I I sort of he's a villain now, isn't he? Yes, he um, is. and he, I, I can kind of see it rubbing off on some of their players. Do you know what I mean? Like, well, they could could use it at times. Let's well, be fair. yeah, I, I mean, well, well, we'll see what happens with them. But they, they, they've got some really good players there. You know, and you look, you look at someone like Tyrone Mings, like the centre half. You think he probably wouldn't be as good if he didn't have Terry coaching him. Yes, um, but I hope he does become a bit of a dick as well. You know. Well, it's, Tyrone Ming seems very nice, doesn't he? No, he's a very problem. good, he's, decent he's person. He's lovely. So he seems like a really lovely guy. And if just... he can take some of that Terry onto the pitch yeah. and just become yeah, Tyrone yeah, yeah. again when he comes off it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, maybe, maybe that would help. It's Jekyll and Hyde. I feel like we can't really talk about Chelsea, or, or John Terry rather, without talking about his last appearance for Chelsea. Because I think people forget this happened because people talk about all the controversy with Wayne Bridge and also the um, uh, the thing with him celebrating uh, the... the the two Chelsea European Cup victories, or the you know the Champions League and Europa League victories when he wasn't playing, but had the kit had on the and all kit, that. Yeah. But his last appearance for Chelsea, which is when he was subbed off on the 26th minute in a Premier League game against Sunderland, receiving a guard of honour from his teammates in a Premier League game. I think is one of the worst things that's ever happened yeah. in the league. It was so self-congratulatory and apparently he, he demanded it himself and it's just, it was so tacky. I, I had forgotten about that. Exactly. Imagine doing something that bad and it being forgotten about because it, of all the other stuff you've done. It, it does. You, this is what you've brought into your team. <laughs> it does kind of show though, like, I mean, he, he again, he's, he's you, you made the park bench reference. Mm. He's the worst bully at the worst school. Do you know what I mean? Like, it certainly comes across that way. If he managed to do, you know, the 26th minute because of the shirt number, it, every player in a Chelsea shirt that day lined up and applauded him off the pitch. Mm. The fact that none of them had the sort of gall to sort of stand up and go, what are we doing? <laughs> like, what are we doing? Yeah. It, it, like, I had actually forgot. I mean, it, it goes to show that is a rich history of being a dick. It is. When something like that can fall fall back into the sort of, uh, into, into your memory where you don't really remember him doing it. But Quite. Please 
So we've got, uh, we got one more outfield player that's an actual footballer. Mm-hmm. Who, who you, you've gone for, a, again, a more attacking player. And one of the great things about doing this podcast for me has been some of the, some of the names that come out of left field. And uh, you have not disappointed on that front here. <laughs> who, who have you got as your last outfield player? Uh, former Wigan forward Amir Zaki. <laughs> Tell me everything. Uh, well, for about... <laughs> it's taken me so long. <laughs> For about six weeks, he was the best player in the world. Yeah. For six weeks. And you know what? One of the main reasons I really like him is because he is now the perfect frame of reference when in September, your mate says to you, oh my God, have you seen that player at... Name a, name yeah. a recently promoted team. Yeah. I don't know if Wigan had just come up that year. It was, it was the Steve Bruce team mm. where they had, uh, they had like Chimbonda... Uh, the, the striker from Honduras, what was his name? Um, or don't know the central midfielder from Honduras. Uh, um, I don't know. There might have been a couple of them, but it, it, it was a fairly decent team. I remember. Um, I think that was when Valencia was there, actually. Yes, Antonio Valencia was there. Yeah, uh, Roddy Yeager was Roddy the, uh, Yeager was, was the, the striker. Yeah. I was thinking of um, Palacios was the midfielder. I was yes, so it was a fairly decent team. But um, yeah, Amizaki, like. I think he, I think he was a summer signing as well. I don't think he'd been with them before. It, it was a loan signing. It was a loan signing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you're right. He hit the ground running so much that people were comparing fire. him to Alan Shearer. Yeah, he was on fire. I mean, he was linked with Madrid. Yeah. Um. He, he was. He was. You know, Egyptian guy. He like he was quick. He was bullish. I remember he, he kind of played a bit like Tevez. Yeah, like he was really pit bully from the front. He had that feeling that like modern managers nowadays would love. They were, you know chased everything, electric pace, good footwork, just banged goals in. And then like we, you know, it's, you know, United were linked, Madrid were linked, everyone was linked. This this guy was it. He, you know, he's going to be the the next big thing. And then I think he stopped turning up to train. Yeah. Well, the. The, it's, it's actually kind of more incredible than that. So he um, he went off on international duty and he just didn't come back for a bit. And Steve Bruce said, this is an actual quote from, from Bruce, uh, before this latest incident, Zaki had already been fined considerably more than the average person in Britain earned in a year and he will now face another heavy fine. Um, but Bruce said that repeatedly finding, finding him didn't seem to alter his poor behaviour at all and that he was the most professional, the most unprofessional player he'd ever played with. But it was an amazing... It was like a switch flipped, wasn't it? It was he—he he was banging these goals in. He—he he was brilliant, as you say. Everyone was saying he was—he was this phenomenon. And then just straight away, when, like the, the veils <laughs> lifted a little bit. It's like he can't really be bothered. We, it was because I remember it was about the international year. It was if he sort of went back to Egypt. Everyone, everyone there was like, "Amir, you're incredible." And he was like, "Yeah, open the beer. Like, <laughs> let's, just, let's just get out of it." I don't, I don't really know what happened to him after that. I don't, I don't think. I mean, I, I, I don't know whether they cancelled the loan or. Well, he, he ended up um, becoming a bit of a journeyman, going, going to a lot of different places, um, and he, uh, unfortunately, it seems like you know he's he's has a. But there's a side to his character that's quite unpleasant in that uh, he was being linked to Portsmouth, um, but because Portsmouth had signed an Israeli player and had an Israeli f- uh, director of football, uh, as well as an Algerian player, uh, Zaki was very very open about how he didn't want to play for them for mm. that reason. So I was like, ah, uh, yeah. you're a proper dick. Uh, like, uh, you know what? The, the, the team of I'm going to assume you didn't know that. No, I didn't. You, yeah. I really, I, yeah, I really didn't. I largely like Amizaki because he's he is the perfect reference now for when you're six weeks, seven weeks into a season mm. and this player's come out of nowhere and they look like the best thing since sliced bread and you can go, remember Amizaki. Yeah. You know, it, and it is a very specific 
Because there's a lot of players like that where Michu would be a good example. Yeah, where it was a season. But no, but he, but, yeah, but a... he lasted a while though. Michu, exactly. about eighteen months. I remember yeah. Arsenal were always linked with him, mm. weren't we? Um, but yeah, I mean, it, he he was just so quick. Yeah, Zaki. I mean, not well, I, I, it, quick with his feet. But I mean, the, the fall from grace. Yeah. Was so and Steve Bruce is also such a hilarious manager to have. What to a deal combination! With yeah. <laughs> Like I, I, I think anyone who who's seen Steve Bruce give a press conference when he's got annoyed with a journalist before will be able to perfectly picture Steve Bruce's face. Like, yeah, the incredulity on his, on his face of like having to deal with this man, but also knowing that he's got nothing in his little Steve Brucey locker yeah. that, that that can really do anything. I, I I find him. It doesn't. It doesn't seem to matter. Like it just keeps behaving like this. I've got. I, I might have to raise me voice. <laughs> More, also, more than the average person in the UK would have in a year. That's such a. I mean, Adrian Muti's been been like fined seventeen million pounds. Yeah. Like most people are used to the fact that the amount of money that footballers usually get fined is insane because the money they earn is insane. Yeah. Steve Bruce still finds it necessary to point out that it's quite a lot more than normal people usually deal with. I like the idea that Zaki would just be like, like at Muti in your team. Like, what are you complaining about? I get fined all the time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, this, this is it. It's someone for, for Adrian to speak to. Don't know here, Valencia. He has done well. Trying to pick out Zaki. That is magnificent. What a goal from Amir Zaki. Wigan in front again. It took a long time getting it in. But you won't see a better finish anywhere than this. Absolutely stunning. So, um, we're going to move on to your, your sub who uh, will also be cold because obviously he's not getting on the pitch that much. Um, and as is tradition here on Fantasy Five Aside, that sub cannot be a professional footballer. Who have you gone for? Gone for Oli Mers. It's clever. Because mm. he's got a bit of... Uh... He's a great footballer. He's, he's, well, he's, he's a, a soccer-aid veteran at this he's point, He's a soccer-aid veteran. He's played, he's played more football than... Well, probably more football than Amir Zaki. <laughs> 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 and let's be honest, Amizaki won't know that he's not a footballer. No, no. In fact, probably only John Terry will know that he's not a footballer. Guendouzi's just not concentrating. So yeah, yeah. Guendouzi's having a fight with the ball. Like mm. he, he's a. Uh, but it, no, I, I, I mean, I, I love soccer aid. I, I don't know about you. It's fun, yeah. Oh my god! Like, and I, I, the thing is that there are sort of like smaller forms of like you know quote unquote celebrity football matches. I don't know about you, but for me. That is the main. It, like, if, if you could say to me, how big would you want to be? It's to be able to play Playing in one aid. of the. I mean, like so, soccer aid. I, I, I'm not ambitious enough to think I could ever play soccer. But you never know, man. Put, well, put yourself forward yeah, for it. There's yeah. been some weird, weird people in soccer aid. Yeah, I know, I know. But is it, is it Ben Shepherd or is this the ben really Shepherd's, nasty challenges? Yeah, Ben Shepherd's a bit of a sort of regular hatchet man, isn't he? It's uh, Jonathan Wilkes, who is uh, just Robbie Wilkes. Williams' mate. Yeah, well, I mean, he yeah, I, a lot. that that's one of the main reasons I'd want to do it because the England team. I mean, the last time I watched it was Sam Allardyce, who, whose assistant managers were also uh, Robbie Williams and Bradley from the Chase. Well, why don't you just DM Bradley from the Chase when you're drunk, <laughs> and you never know it might get you on there. Meet me in the Nags Head ten o'clock tomorrow. <laughs> We've got to talk. Tactics. Bring your boots. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I had a, I had a, for for a very long time. I used to use Facebook. My my cover picture was uh, what's his name, Bradley. Um, what's his name, Bradley from the Chase? I don't know, Bradley Walsh. Bradley, Bradley Walsh. Walsh. Uh, my my cover photo was Bradley Walsh, Robbie Williams, and Sam Allardyce uh, as the Holy Trinity. 
I'd, nice. I'd got someone to edit them as the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a proper ambition of yours. It's to a proper do, to do soccer. Right? I'd love to do soccer, but that, that's why I'd have Oli Mers in. That, yeah. that, that's the uh, you know large little I mean, audition for you. Well, the, the the idea was that you know Amir would behave himself. He'd he'd be on the pitch doing the, doing the business, and me me and Ollie could network on the sidelines. Mm. You've but picked me- the worst team if this is your plan, then, because <laughs> they're getting sin binned all over. Well, the place. yeah, that's very true. That is very true. I, did, I hadn't really thought about that, but yeah, they they would get sent off. Well, then I suppose though maybe you can bond over the fact that you you know you guys can actually bloody take this seriously. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And also, I don't I don't want I don't want, uh, I don't want Ollie to think that I can't play. Like, yeah, of know, course. I want, I want him to see that I can. I've got a bit because he's decent as well. He's, he's so he's, good, man. He's quick, and he, he's he, he's usually. I mean, he, a lot of the time in the in those soccer aid games, there, there's ex pros that come on mm. for England. Ollie Mers is always better than them. Like it's always Ollie Mers, and who's a really tall guy who plays in goal all the time. I'm not sure off the top. Okay, of the head. But there's a. I mean, <laughs> surprise, surprise. There's a tall guy that plays in goal. Yeah, but the the keepers are good. But Oli Mers, yeah, Oli Mers, brilliant. Like like tricky, quick enough. Uh, like like properly plays the game as well. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like properly aware of everything that's going on. It will call for a foul if he if he gets taken out. Like I really like Oli Mers. Mm. Nice guy as well. Seems I to suspect. Be. I see. He he's just. I mean, you're 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 originally Essex as well. Yes. But he he seems to be your brand of Essex. You know? Oh, you think? I, th- I, th- I think that I think that's a compliment. No, no, I, no, I so. mean, <laughs> in that like, there's n- there's no tribal tattoos, no spray tan, right, no white teeth. Right, right, right. It's it's uh, it's yeah. bleach teeth, I should say. Ble- yeah, no bleach teeth. It's it's yeah, it's the sort of favourable side. Uh, like I, I don't know where the nicer parts of Essex are. There are many. It's a very beautiful county. Actually. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's a nice rural place, isn't mm. it? Uh, you know, Epping Forest and all that. But yeah, I, I think he's he's the presentable face of Essex. Yeah, yeah, I would, I would, I would broadly agree with that. One of the things I love about Soccer Aid as well is it's, sometimes it goes to penalties, and yeah. uh, Woody Harrelson scoring a penalty. <laughs> just the concept of that alone is brilliant. And also, you know, have they got Woody Harrelson? Sometimes they get some absolutely amazing people, it and it's it, to be, uh, it's a, to be. Admired. It, it makes you wonder whether he really knows where he is. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, like, what, what, what was that email? Do you know, like, yeah. how, how do you explain to Woody Harrelson that you want him to play against a team managed by Sam Allardyce? <laughs> you know, Bradley from the Chase and Robbie Williams, and at know. some point he's going to have to take a penalty, and you're probably going to have to tell him what a penalty is. Do you yeah. know, like, I don't imagine he really knows much about football. It's, it's a brilliant job by whatever production assistant has done that isn't it or, yeah, or whoever's yeah, yeah. job that is so uh, that, that's an excellent team Jacob I think uh, you, you probably lose against some of the teams we've had but not all of them so you, I think have you, have you got some genuinely good teams we've got some genuinely good teams but they're always mixed with you know a, a bit of a wild card here and there but I, I think these guys would actually they'd be so difficult to break down that I think actually you know what I'm going to revise that I think they might give people a bit more trouble than I initially uh, expected because there's some real talent in there um, so yeah so um, do you want to do you want to plug Jacob Hawley on drugs should probably make clear you're not actually you're not taking drugs in the show it's just a very clever cheeky title isn't it ever I don't don't want to get fined like Adrian Muti did no, I, no I, don't, don't. I don't want BBC Sounds taking me through the uh, <laughs> through the courts yeah well thanks for coming on Jacob cheers and uh, yeah see you guys later This was a Stakhanov production. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowlin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowlin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlinBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.